So our topic tonight is DMT. That uh, stands for dimethyltryptamine. Um, I also wrote on there the spirit molecule, just because Rick Straussman called it that. Um, as far as I'm concerned or I know, he seems to be the leading expert on DMT and the research that he's done. Um, I've read about, watched the movies, and I just feel like, you know, this guy's actually done the work. And so I, I really agree with him with what he said about DMT. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here in just a minute. Um, so first we wanna kind of go and talk about what is DMT <clears throat> and it occurs naturally. It's, um, it's in plants, it's in animals, it's in humans. It is a very, very strong, probably the strongest known psychedelic known to man. And the effects are very similar to LSD and magic mushrooms. Um, Oh, and I've already got, oh, there it is. And it's a very, very simple molecule, uh, you know, very basic. And what's pretty cool about it is every living thing has the two enzymes in it to synthesize DNA, DMT, which is pretty, pretty crazy. That means every animal, plant, um, uh, human really has the, has the enzymes in it to synthesize this molecule which is pretty crazy that every single person has the most psychedelic substance in them already. Uh, some people will claim that DMT is produced in the lungs. Straussman said he didn't believe that research was, uh, he wasn't confident in that research that he, he read about, but the pineal gland seems to be the place. Uh, and we talked about the pineal gland, the symbology of the pineal gland last week, but um, Straussman's book, DMT, the Spirit Molecule, I, I've read it. Um, there's also a movie hosted by Joe Rogan called DMT, the Spirit Molecule, that's on the book. It's got a lot of great people in it. Dennis McKenna, some stuff uh, from a lot of other scientists, Terrence McKenna's work, um, which I find absolutely fascinating. If you don't know anything about Terrence McKenna, just look him up and listen to him on YouTube. He's passed on to the spirit realm now, but um, just how he talks and how he articulates things and, and talks about these um, psychedelics and DMT is just fascinating. Um, just, you know, like I said, just will absolutely just blow your mind. Um, but he did the research on it. Um, Straussman did the research on it. And, you know, according to him, this tiny little gland that has the highest blood flow per any organ in the whole entire body, the pineal gland directly in the center. Here's a side shot, but literally also not just in the middle, uh, but literally in between the two hemispheres of the right and left brain. It's one of the few things that's not completely um, bilateral symmetry. That's not, you know, on the same side as the other. It's literally just in the middle. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty incredible. You got this one gland that's not the same as on the other side. It's just in the middle there. Um, so literally your brain is what makes DMT. Um, and according to Straussman and his work, uh, the pineal gland creates the most DMT during uh, death, birth, uh, out-of-body experiences, you know, like near-death experiences, people in car crashes and stuff like that. And um, high states of meditation is when people claim that the, uh, that the body creates the, the DMT and the soul is literally, uh, it seems to be the molecule that takes the soul in and out of the avatar of our bodies. So, you know, it's crazy. Like I said, the brain makes the DMT. And so people say, I don't take drugs. But the funny thing is, is literally, uh, you can say you don't do drugs, but even Salvador Dali says, I literally am drugs. Each and every one of us has a small amount of DMT in the body at all times. If the, if the pineal gland is calcified, meaning from fluoride and poor diets and processed food and everything, it's not producing as much as normal. I would say when your pineal gland is not producing as much DMT as normal, that's when you're, instead of having this really colorful, psychedelic, fun, beautiful experience, your life becomes more bland and more black and white, more this and that, uh, more two-sided as opposed to more connected, more oneness. Definitely DMT experiences seem to indicate that we're all one, uh, just like all psychedelics and magic mushrooms and other thing that seems to be a recurring theme is that uh, these drugs or medicine rather um, seems to indicate that we are all one um, and kind of help us understand that in a deeper way. So again, we're talking about, you know, all the drugs people take, tea, coffee, cigarettes, vodka, you know, and then when you talk about 
real, real drugs, real medicine. Uh, we're talking about LSD, magic mushrooms, DMT. Those are the things that now are illegal uh, for the most part. Um, and I think for good reason. I mean, uh, you know, people, there is certain entities out there that want us to have tea and coffee and vodka and cigarettes and, you know, these drugs that are really poor for our consciousness. But these other drugs, the magic mushrooms and ayahuasca and all these things are really good for us and really can cure addictions, heroin addictions, uh, sexual addictions, um, other other drug addictions, um, and just help us heal ourselves and our trauma. Um, and I don't think that uh, that really, you know, is uh, beneficial to a certain few who really benefit off us being in a state of fear or a state of unhealedness or whatever. Um, you know, and uh, so I think that more than anything is why I believe uh, that really, honestly, you know, these drugs are illegal. So this one is ayahuasca. So there's a couple ways to do DMT. Uh, you know, you can smoke it, you can snort it, you can inject it, and you can take this uh, elixir medicine drink found in, uh, you know, South America. They've been taking this for a long time. It's the vine of one tree and the leaves of another, literally put together with some water in there and brewed up for a little while. Um, this is the one way that's orally active that will last for hours, four, three, four, five, six hours. Um, the other ways are short. Smoking it, five or six minutes. Injecting it could be 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I'm not as aware of the snorting it. I, I didn't really know that until I did a little research on DMT while I was putting this whole thing together. But that's a much shorter time as well. Uh, just a few minutes in that one as, as well. Um, and I was familiar with that one. Anybody doing it that way or hearing any stories about that? Typically, the stories and videos that you see are ayahuasca, um, the injections that Rock, Rick Shrausman did in his um, in his experiments, and um, then drinking it. But this is ayahuasca. It is a medicine that has been used for a long time down in South America. And when you drink this, usually you drink a cup or two, there's a lot that goes on with that. You kind of... Um, uh, meet up with this, you know, mother goddess um, entity of the universe. Uh, I definitely have taken uh, oral um, ayahuasca orally. And um, for me personally, you know, it felt at first like my whole body was like arcing, um, you know, like a welder would arc metal and it would like it would spark up. And it felt like just and through my whole body was like sparking all over the place, just almost like my light body was just activating or something, but it felt like I was arcing all over my body. And, uh, you know, then this really feminine mother goddess came in to talk to me and take care of me and tell me how I was doing and help me out. Um, that seems to be very similar to almost everybody who talks about ayahuasca, um, that this mother goddess comes in, um, kind of, kind of funny that the iboga uh, that kind of comes out seen that of Central America, well, actually that comes from Africa, um, seems to be like a father, similar medicine, like a father, more authoritarian, more direct. Um, but the ayahuasca is definitely more feminine. Iboga seems to be more masculine. Um, so the other way is, you know, obviously you can smoke the DMT, not as a long uh, of a process. Like I said, you do an ayahuasca, it's a long time, three, four, five hours. You know, it's very light, kind of picks you up, takes you on a journey, sets you back gently, um, you know, easier to take. I mean, uh, again, I was in a room with 20 people when we did it. Um, there is purging going on. Uh, I did not purge for the ones that I talked to that did purge, just said, you know, felt like things that they had held on to for years, sometimes things that they were kids were down deep in their gut. And once they were able to purge it out, they felt 100 times better. They were able to go deeper into the trip or through the journey. Um, but yeah, a lot of people did purge. It's a lot of people had to use the bathroom. Um, but it was a much longer, kind of more gentle trip. So the, so the smoking of the DMT is a much more abrupt. Um, and there's definitely ways to smoke it and do it a little bit better. Um, so that you can get the most out of that, out of that uh, journey that way. Um, I know for me personally, the first time I, I got a hold of some DMT and a buddy of mine sat in my living room 
and uh, we just put it on marijuana and we, you know, we didn't really know uh, this was uh, more than 10 years ago. Um, and so we didn't really know how to uh, take it seriously, you know what I mean? Um, we just knew, you know, knew about it, things that it would do. So um, I wouldn't put it on marijuana now or anything, but that's what we did. And we passed it back and forth and it was really incredible. Um, just passing it back and forth after we would hit it, it I ha would have like these uh, light bulb moments, you know, when the, the light bulb goes off in your head and you experience revelations, eureka moments or aha moments or um, just, I've got it, you know what I mean? Like just things made sense. And it was exactly like that. Just the light bulb was going off in your head and we were doing this 30 minutes or so, you know, back and forth. And it was just like, wow, dude, like my life made sense and things made sense. And it was almost like this kind of deep meditation that I had been in before, you know, but even clearer than that. Um, and so, uh, that was an, a pretty crazy experience. And then, um, I know at one point, uh, my friend, he, um, he hit it again really hard and it was almost like we were very in tune with each other. I don't know if you guys have ever done mushrooms with people at the same time. You take a lot of mushrooms with people, you become very aware of their energy and what they're going through a lot of times. And it was really like that. And at one point he, he said, Jacob, they're here to get me. And I knew what he was saying. His spirit family was just around us and they were like inching closer to him. And he said, what do I do? And I just said, you got to let go. And as soon as I said that, he, he was gone. He, he was gone. He just, he, this guy's 6'5", 240 pounds, huge dude. And he just kills over on my futon. And he looked like he was dead. But I knew that they took him. I knew, you know, they basically felt like they took his soul up and took him up. And, um, you know, I, I can't remember how long he was gone. It was probably five minutes you know not a long time but in that kind of situation it felt like a very very long time and uh like i said big guy he comes back and i mean immediately he's just bawling out crying and um you know it's just really really intense and he's like man i felt like i was gone for a thousand years and um, I didn't think I was ever going to come back. And he said, they all came after me, you know, not came after him, but came and got him, took him up. And he said, it was like the most serious meeting with your family that you'd ever had. And you almost felt like a five-year-old and everybody else is an adult, you know, looking at you. And he said, he couldn't even, couldn't even pick his head up to look at him. You know, although, you know what I mean? It's not even really his head. It's just your astral body. And he Anyway, so he said, you know, they're trying to tell him, hey, you're doing okay. It's all right. You don't have to rush things. Everything's fine. We're here to help you. You know, we're here for you. We're always there for you and all the things. And um, he just said he felt a lot of peace and a lot of love from all of them. And um, so like I said, he came back. He was crying. It was intense. And um, just an incredible, an incredible story. Um, and uh, one I found to be, uh, you know, just incredibly fascinating. So, you know. Rick Straussman was right on when he was saying that this is a spirit molecule that literally is able to take you in and out of your body. Um, and what's cool about this is, yeah, we, we did get this drug that was natural. You know, people made it literally out of roots and there's boiled roots um, at their house. And that's how I obtained it. But um, it was completely all natural stuff. Uh, but I do believe this is something that you don't have to necessarily um you know smoke or ingest or take or whatever this is something that's in our own bodies we just have to learn how to use our brains and our hearts in the ways um that they're that they're intended for so that we can use these things so again dmt is the molecule that helps kind of pull the soul in and out of the body um we talked last week about pineal gland one of the most fascinating things that rick straussman wrote was that the pineal gland um, after gestation was entered the body at 49 days. Okay. So after, after the, the cells are created, you know, mom and dad have sex, you know, uh, the sperm and the egg have met 49 days from gestation. From that point, the pineal gland happens. 
um, he also indicated that the Tibetan Buddhists and stuff for millennia have talked about it took 49 days for the soul to incarnate. And I think that's pretty incredible. So, you know, uh, I would think that would mean that when the, when the moment a person dies, that person theoretically could be back in another body close even to where they were, they died from. They could, you could be uh, someone's brother or sister. In fact, many reincarnation stories of um, kids and stuff often talk about, I was your brother, I was your sister, I was this person a lot of times in family situations. Um, and I think that's what's happening. Not all the time, people don't just come back automatically after 49 days, but that is the soonest, I believe, a soul can return back to the physical. It takes 49 days at bare minimum for a soul to reincarnate. Um, into a new uh, avatar. And so, you know, once that uh, DMT is activated, and again, it's a small amount, doesn't need to be a very much amount, uh, just a small amount created by the pineal gland is going to create this psychedelic experience. Um, and uh, this is a this is a picture kind of makes you think about Neanderthals and stuff. Uh, the stone date theory uh, by Terrence McKenna is is one where he basically says that uh, hominids from the past, that's one way they evolved, was taking mushrooms and psychedelics to expand their consciousness. Um, and I believe that's true. Uh, I just think that Neanderthals usually typically have more hair on their bodies. They're more Sasquatch looking people, um, you know, yetis and stuff like that. They are more advanced and more sophisticated, more spiritual in a way than we are, um, more more enlightened, more evolved. Um, they live in the woods. They eat nothing but, you know, natural foods. Uh, they know we exist and, um, you know, they're far more advanced than we are. They can pop in and out of dimensions. And um, it's a species, the Sasquatch people are far more advanced than we are, I believe. But DMT is definitely the, uh, the molecule that helps us see into these other realms uh, when we are able to take it. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, the most profound experiences happen when I close my eyes, but I do believe when you're, you know, either meditating or taking this uh, medicine, um, you can see things um, often that most people can't normally see or understand that are there. Um, God's all around us, spirits all around us, angels are all around us um, all the time. And, um, Normally, because of our calcified pineal glands, our, you know, lack of connection to spirit, we're just not seeing all that's available. We're not literally hearing all that's, um, all that's there. Uh, we're only, you know, experiencing a fraction of what's available to us in the universe. Now, we can experience a lot more, and I do believe DMT seems to be a catalyst for that. Once we wake up our pineal glands, our third eyes, they're not calcified anymore. Our DMT experience, uh, our you know secretions are at a higher level than once before. You know we're able to see and understand, um, you know, and see with our third eye, be able to see into situations, see into people, see into if I date this person, it's going to look like this. If I go to this job, it'll end up like that. <clears throat> and so it really helps uh, engage our intuition and really turn it on and be able to see into, uh, you know, the future, if you will. So it's imperative to, if you want to live an enlightened life and a spiritual life, to learn how to wake up the pineal gland, to learn how to, you know, naturally create more DMT for yourself and your body. Because once you do, it's going to basically open you up to this, you know, extremely, uh, you know, not different, but um, new world for most of us, right? That there are angels and uh entities and other things all around us and um you know this, their extra senses and stuff that we're not even aware of extra abilities you know telepathy and uh healing um you know there's you know far beyond what we probably think is possible uh, there are you know things that we can do and access and information in our dna um, all of this i do believe comes from an awakened pineal gland with more DMT run through our bodies, uh, people who are meditating more, people who are praying more. As we open these glands, there's no doubt in my mind that you're gonna continually to be able to see more into the future and have more ability to your psychic awareness. 
again, if you guys need, want to stop me at any point, ask a question, make a comment, you're more than welcome to. Um, I'm just going to keep going though. Everybody's on mute. So just let me know. We use the raise your hand button if you feel as well. But this picture right here, um, and you saw it in a lot of the other pictures, the, the grid, it's almost like a checkerboard with eyes in it. So uh, upon doing DMT, this is a um, very, very familiar uh, picture. Um, at least the eyeballs in the grid, it, it's almost every time I've tripped, I've seen this, you know, and not just on DMT, but on magic mushrooms and, and other things. Um, it definitely seems to be what I would maybe even consider to be the veil that on the other side of this veil is, you know, truth. Um, you know, um, I've definitely seen it. I've definitely even watched other videos of people taking DMT or peyote or things like that. And they, a lot of people talk about seeing the grid with the eyeballs in it. Um, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, after watching a lot of videos, you will see, you know, at least a small portion of people talk about saying, seeing and uh, being significant to them. So a lot of this work, I think, is by Alex Gray, and he is just really um, great. I feel like it, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's able to see this himself, and then he's able to, to paint it. Um, very incredible artwork, but uh, the entities and things, once you kind of bust out, because that's what you're trying to do, like doing DMT, the, if you really want to go far, you know, like you can take a little bit and lay down and have a, a really profound experience. But I think the point is to push the soul out of the body, uh, if you will. Um, that I think is, I would say the goal of it, if you, if you really want to master uh, understanding what's going on here, um, which this makes it, a, this is a great picture. And this is on the, the cover of Straussman's book. But to me, this is it, this is the soul coming in or going out of the body. <clears throat> but, um, you know, according to Terrence McKenna, you wanted to do that three hit method, at least when it came to smoking it. And he was talking about smoking it, holding as much as you could, hitting it a second time, holding as much as you could. And then at the second one, you're already feeling this incredible, crazy, weird, oh my God feeling. Um, but he says to hold it as much as you can on, and then do it again for the third time, hold it again, and then you can pop out. Um, when you talk about the people who injected it in Straussman's video and uh, his experiments, um, <clears throat> he was injecting it intravenously. So these people are getting a pretty large dose. They're injecting it. It's going straight into the bloodstream. Uh, I think, you know, that's as quick as smoking it. And those people who are having 10 to 15 minute as opposed to five minute journeys were popping out very quickly too. And a lot of them were talking about, it's like popping out the back of your head. And uh, Terrence McKenna kind of coined it the chrysanthemum, chrysanthemum. And he said there was just a place where if you could let go, um, you could pop out, you know, your soul could pop out of the back of your head. It felt like and go experience these other realms um literally while your body's sitting there and this is this is you know uh very much the same story of people who are you know getting surgeries who've had near-death experiences who you know been in a car accident and they can they're in their soul and they can look down they can see their bodies uh on the table they can tell you all the people that are there they can tell you what everybody was wearing what people said and then oftentimes they go back into their body and say, I just saw you guys from all of above, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, come back and tell people later, like, I saw you there. And uh, they're always right for the most part. Uh, it's, you know, incredible detail because it's like you are looking at it from an outsider's point of view, but you feel like yourself. You feel like, um, like you're, like you're just you, you just, um, just kind of altered a bit, you know, and it's kind of like that, uh, you know, the story in the, the movies where, you're a ghost and like nobody could see you, understand you, but you see everybody else and it all seems the same. It's it's very similar to that feeling. Um, that's exactly what I experienced and how I felt when I had, uh, you know, these experiences with this medicine. And so um, that, again, that's why I did put DMT as spirit molecule because I do think Straussman is really right on with his predictions and the things that he said about DMT and the fact that it was the facilitator of the soul and the spirit into the body. Um, 
And then it's cool because you kind of see this tether about what I was talking about before, where the, the spirit's, you know, hovering above the body. <clears throat> and it's kind of hooked to this tether, which, you know, uh, when we look at, you know, astral body projections and, and things like that, and people talk about that, uh, astral body uh, projections and stuff, usually when they're sleeping or they're meditating, uh, this is a story in many different cultures and religions around the world where people are able to project their soul anywhere they want to. Um, oftentimes it's different places on the planet. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's what remote viewing is. If you've ever heard of it and, you know, they literally have people in Washington and you know, working for governments who do this, they literally remote view for governments, but you can go go to any planet you can go to anywhere anytime and you can go see what's going on somewhere you could go uh, go to the white house right now in your astral body and see what's happening in there if you wanted to um i have heard many stories of people who realize that they can be seen there or their energy can be picked up so you're not completely invisible you know higher entities and stuff are aware of you um you know what I mean? I definitely have heard of people who said they projected their astral body, they woke up and they were on a spaceship. But that as they were looking around, figuring things out, there were aliens and stuff who realized they were there. And once they became a little scared and a little fearful, their their astral body came right back into the real body. So it seems that fear does drive this thing. It has to be something where you can completely let go, like jumping out of an airplane. In fact, you know, when it comes to DMT, I would say that's the closest thing to it. Drugs uh, or medicines or plant medicines like that are almost a little bit different. I mean, even magic mushrooms and LSD and things like that are different to me slightly um, because you feel a little altered. The thing about DMT is, at least in my experiences, I don't feel any, I don't feel altered at all. I feel like I'm completely who I am right now. And then I'm just taken into another realm or another world, or I'm experiencing things that normally aren't there, but I don't feel any different, you know, like when you drink or you smoke or uh, you feel different, you know what I mean? But to me, when it comes to uh, DMT, you don't feel different. You just see things and understand things in a different way. So here's a cool one with, uh, I think it's Lord Krishna. Uh, and he's obviously... If you look at this, it's kind of a snake, but it's his astral body at the very top. <clears throat> and it's connected to this tether cord and he's going out to the universe. So again, you don't have to be confined to a plane or anything. You can literally go explore the entire universe uh, with your astral body after you can project it anywhere you want to. You can go anywhere you want to. You can get really good at this thing. I've definitely been out in the universe. I've definitely been in different places on the planet and kind of remote viewed things. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not an expert by any means, but I've done it. It's fascinating. Uh, it's something I believe every single person can do. And just like anything, it just takes practice. You have to just practice it. Um, there are things I think that can help. If you want to have lucid dreams and stuff like that, it's a good way to start. I know ZP Technology sells something called Lucid. Um, and it's basically gold, uh, iridium and rhodium, a couple uh, precious metals, monatomic metals. And uh, when I took that stuff, uh, every night for a while, I would have lucid dreams where I knew I was lucid. I learned how to fly and all things. And I think that's a great start to be able to get there. Here's cool. Just another cool uh, kind of astral body projection here. Um, okay, this one, this one is, uh, again, so we see the grid patterns, not necessarily eyeballs, a lot of eyeballs in it, but the eyeballs, you can see some of the ones on the, on the side, but they're not in there. Uh, the galaxies are inside this this painting this is actual painting it's uh, when it's painted it was very huge the size of a wall it's done by alex gray and he calls this the net of being and so i told you the story earlier of my friend and we were smoking it after he had his experience it was my turn and i wanted to take a big rip after that because i was like wow that was pretty cool so after he comes back and i'm it's my turn i take a big rip and what it felt like to me was I felt like I died. I was sitting in my lazy boy and I hit that thing and I immediately felt like I had died. And it was like a, just a knowing. It felt like I knew that I had died. I had died many, many, many lifetimes before. It was just an absolute knowing I'm dead. 
and I had this weird feeling like my mom is going to be upset with me because I, uh, I died smoking drugs and she's going to be mad. And, um, as soon as I thought that, then it was like, okay, all of a sudden the ego was gone and my spirit, my soul started to rise up and it started to come out like the back of my head, just like the images that you've seen earlier. And so I could look down and see myself <clears throat> in the chair and I was kind of hunched over. And as I'm coming up, I actually went through the ceiling. I lived on the top floor in Atlanta uh, of an apartment complex. I went through the top and I could see the city um, where I would have been if I would have been on top of the building uh, for a few seconds. I could look around, see it. I could even feel kind of the collective consciousness of the city for a minute you know, for a few seconds, um, before my soul kind of dissolved all that away. And then I was in this place right here. Um, and so this, this place, this net of being, as he calls it, it was absolutely humongous. Um, I believe each one of these little squares that has like a little galaxy in it was the size of a galaxy. Uh, I remember feeling like a little soul just floating there and looking at these faces and thinking they were bigger than planets. They were bigger than the sun. It was absolutely massive. The eyeballs, the faces, the mouths. I felt like a tiny little speck. Uh, and these things were humongous and they were conscious and they were aware of me. And then all of a sudden I felt like this really <clears throat> um, profound sense of peace, harmony, um, and I knew right then and there, this is where I came from. This was like home. Um, this is where I came from before I was Jacob Cox. Um, this, is where I, this is where I will return to. This was home base. And it felt, even though it was really weird, it felt like home. This is where I said, this is where I came from. Well, we'll go back to. Um, interestingly enough, I believe it's a tool video. I saw someone take this painting and make it interactive. And they literally put like what looked like a soul flying around in this image, <clears throat> which is exactly, I mean, you know what I mean? To put it into words and then to see someone, you know, literally make the same thing, just absolutely profound. Like, like how could somebody, you know, just come up with the same thing <laughs> that happened to me? Um, it was just absolutely incredible. I couldn't believe that somebody made a video that looked exactly like what I experienced. But um, after looking it up, yeah, I, I found this and I was like, that's it. That's the exact place that I was. There's no doubt about it. Same colors, same faces. Uh, other than the fact that like I said it was massive beyond your wildest dreams, how big it was. Um, but that's where I knew I had come from. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was it was it was incredible. Like I said, I realized that. Um, Jacob Cox was a figment of my imagination. It was just a small little experience in the whole game of existing and evolving that I shouldn't take it too seriously um, and just play and have more fun and, um, you know, realize that life isn't so serious and it's just a quick little blip in, you know, the realm of, you know, existence. Uh, don't take it so seriously, um, you know, have fun, play, uh, and, you know, don't be so much caught up in the ego of being, you know, a person, you're way more than that. <clears throat> so that's it, man, the universe is this incredible place that we all can explore, that we all have access to, we don't need spaceships, we don't need rockets to get there, um, literally, we're all free at last to, you know, explore the endless of space it's our own divine right you know you don't need some rocket thrusters to get you anywhere and i think that's what's absolutely incredible that each and every one of us have access to the universe um as much as anybody does you know uh, no one has any more because they work for nasa or anything uh, and that's what empowers me to share information like this is because if every single person has access, but we haven't been told that you haven't been told, you know, that you have this astral body that you can project around the universe. Um, you don't know, and you can't even practice it. You can't even do it. Uh, but 
I think that's one of the incredible mysteries of the universe that we have all the uh, capabilities to do incredible things. Yet we just, we are so limited in what we believe because what we've been told is possible, but literally it's all possible. So, you know, just according to this little, this little blip here, uh, benefits of astral travel um, are strengthen your faith, broaden your consciousness, you know, empowers your magical powers and intuition. You get to meet the fairies and the elves and the angels. You get to travel to the past and the future, and you can discover Atlantis and it rocks. And, you know, I do believe that you can go to the past, you can go to the future, you can see these civilizations. Um, you know, and all, all these things are, you know, valid and they help, uh, past life regressions help, uh, astral, uh, astral travel helps, um, the universe is incredible, complex and, you know, crazy, um, mystery. And it is, you know, it's not up to somebody else to solve it for you and give you the answers to it. Uh, that sucks. I don't think that's fun or cool at all. You know, the, the what makes it exciting is each and every single person, it's your responsibility, if you dare to take it, um, to discover it for yourself. That's how you wake up, you know what I mean? You know, normally you can't, you know, people can show you things and you can understand and you can see, but you've got to take that step a little bit farther to, um, to see what's out there. Sometimes my stuff gets stuck. There we go. Um, <clears throat> With another one by Alex Gray called Christ Consciousness. Very cool. Got a lot of cool pictures inside of it. But um, here's where the next few pictures will be similar to this. Um, on the other end of DMT seems to be uh, where you find these Christ consciousness, these ascended masters, the ones that we call in the ceremony, these um, humans that have <clears throat> surpassed that of the reincarnation cycle of forgetting. So oftentimes we we do reincarnate, you know, like I said earlier, 49 days, bare minimum to, to move into the next avatar that you, that you inhabit. But um, some people go past that. Some people wake up in the body enough um, <clears throat> and ascend, uh, awaken, and don't have to go back into bodies and forget and to learn who they are again. Um, just the word resurrection alone, we normally equate that to Jesus Christ. However, I believe there's 180,000 stories in Tibet alone of humans who ascended uh, into you know, the next life, oftentimes the stories of, about Christ were very similar to that. Some who walked into heaven <clears throat> from the ground up and their clothes fell to the ground as they did it. Some turned in the ball of light, um, you know, all similar stories. Um, but definitely a lot of different humans in the past have, uh, have got to this ascension and have ascended to probably what we, you know, equate to the masters of the universe. Um, and I believe that there's more to do after this, but there are, you know, what Christ deemed the kingdom of heaven. And so um, there are all kinds of entities on this other realm. So like I said, once we get past the weirdness of all this, uh, you know, that DMT can take you into these other realms, pull you out of your body. What are you going to experience on the other side? So <clears throat> for me, oftentimes it seems to look like uh, entities who don't have physical bodies like we do obviously they seem to be more geometric shapes and colors excuse me shapes and colors uh they seem to be moving extremely fast oftentimes they have you know more than two eyes um sometimes they can be very serious sometimes they can be laughing um they tend to kind of kind of have the eyeball grids sometimes some don't but they often seem to be geometrical patterns colors <clears throat> and so for me personally you know a couple of the experiences that i had after smoking dmt and i would lay down 
and um, relax and, and pop out, I would be on this other side where I was with these entities and they would come. And <clears throat> oftentimes it felt like they were shooting light at me, if you will. Um, you know, light moves at what, 180,000 uh, miles per second. And that's what it felt like. It felt like they were shooting light at me or maybe they're glowing, but the light is coming from them into me and it's coming so fast. And what I realized was the light was full of information that it had understandings and revelations, epiphanies, those aha moments in it, um, understandings, the, the way the universe works, the secrets of the universe, the laws of the universe. And they're just coming at you at 180,000 miles per second, it seems like. And it's so fast, you feel overwhelmed. And so what I realized, though, is if I felt overwhelmed and they're overwhelmed and they're sending me these, these, this light information, that the only way that I was ever going to be able to really receive it was to remain calm. And it's really tough to remain calm in the most crazy outlandish experience that one could have right you know you're over here and <clears throat> all this seems totally real like I said you you're not really altered you know in any way really you feel like yourself but you're definitely in another realm uh experiencing entities that are far beyond what you could ever imagine it's almost like you know you're on another planet somewhere and they're talking to you you know but it's much faster so again, you just, you stay as calm as you can and you try to absorb as much information as you can of what they're sending you. Um, and I believe that's the intention is they're trying to help you uh, have this revelation, have these aha moments, this learning, this evolving that's happening. And again, if you can stay as calm as possible, you're going to take in more then if you just completely lose it when you get when you lose it when you get fearful everything shuts down they move away it gets dark you go back into the body you do have a lot of control i mean like i said if you want to be afraid it is your choice you're just not going to experience much if you can let go and that's the key word let go let it get really weird the weirder the better and you're going to stay calm in that moment you're going to take in more information and bring it back <clears throat> And that seems to be what's imperative to the journey itself is what you can bring back to your your body um, from the experience. Because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help you. And to me, you know, we're cheating a little bit. If you're <clears throat> injecting it or you're smoking it or whatever, however you're doing it, you are cheating a little bit because this to me is probably you know, the, what we're literally looking for in our high states of meditation, the avatars who the Christ and the Buddhas and the Christians who are able to sit there and meditate and literally experience these deep, you know, profound soul comes out of your body and going into other realms to meet these entities to come back. You know, that's the way the, the mature, the authentic, organic way to do it. So we're cheating a little bit by by having you know, taking these drugs. So it is a little bit harder for us, but I do believe these are things that are 100% doable just by meditating, just by getting an altered state yourself, by calming down, relaxing. And often, what I tell people about meditation mostly is it's not about gaining enlightenment or, or gaining this information. You have to really relax, let go drop the walls, drop the barriers that keep you from enlightenment. You know, the I'm not good enough or I'm not special enough or whatever. All that's walls and, you know, beliefs that we've come up with that keep us from this extraordinary experience of enlightenment that's completely possible for all of us. Um, that's, that's it, you know what I mean? Let go of all that stuff and then you're able to get there. Um, in the Bible, it was Matthew 6, 22, I believe. Uh, those who sat in darkness saw great lights. And uh, I believe if you're sitting in darkness, you're meditating and they're seeing great lights. And so that to me, seeing great lights, meeting entities like this who are felt like to me, shooting light at me, 
sending light to me uh, was similar in the same thing <clears throat> that, uh, you know, every book, every culture talks about uh, these kind of experiences. And, uh, you know, because we're not really aware of it, we just kind of say, oh, that sounds a great thing. I believe that, but we don't really know, you know, deep down uh, what the, what it means or what they're even talking about. But certainly there are entities who are able to take form, shape shift, look however they want to. They're no longer confined to third dimensional frequencies where they have bodies like ours. Uh, you know, they can shape shift and look however they want to. Um, and, and oftentimes that's exactly what it feels like. You just, you know, you're seeing, you're with these incredibly enlightened beings who are far beyond, far beyond us. Not there above. Certainly we all can do it, but um, they've just learned how to master things that we haven't yet learned to master. So like I said, I've seen different, different colors, different shapes, different beings. There's obviously that there were different beings. Sometimes there are multiple ones that are around you that are talking to you. Sometimes there can be, you know, one or two, you know, three, four or five I've experienced. And oftentimes they have, you know, multiple faces, shapes, and they just look like we see the uh, temples and, and stuff like that around the world of these incredibly built places where they have these, you know, uh, kind of weird, odd shaped entities. Um, I think that that's what they're doing. They're showing us these entities that other people saw on the other side. They have become enlightened. They're able to build with rocks and move rocks in ways that we still haven't had, um, still yet, yet to master. But I believe soon in the future, we'll, we'll have a lot of people who will be able to move blocks and uh, create the temples uh, that are created in the past. So, in my opinion, <clears throat> these entities, these Christ conscious, these Buddha conscious people, entities, are helping us become our own Christ, our own Buddhas, our own Krishnas, our own Marys. Um, I, don't, I don't think Mary Magdalene or Mother Mary <laughs> is a name. I think that's a title. Um, their, their energy, their masculine and feminine is married. Uh, I believe Mary is the title as much as Christ is, or Buddha is. Those aren't names. They're all titles. That means anointed one or the Messiah. Um, so they're helping us become our Christ consciousness so that we can carry our own light. We can um, bring that to the earth, bring that to the world, bring that to our friends, our community, to our families, um, to change the world. And there's no doubt that each and every single one of those people who has come, you know, said, there's nothing that I'm doing that you can't do. You can do all the things I'm doing and greater things. We have to believe that. That's the only way we'll ever be able to achieve it is to believe it first. To know that this is all possible. Um, so I think it's imperative for us to start realizing, oh, man, you know, uh, we can do all these things, you know, really honestly religion spirituality has been hijacked and they've kind of put different teachers on pedestals but when you really look at the information the things that each teacher was talking about and you know was really saying hey man you can all do these things same things all of your gods all of your buddhas um you know it's imperative for you all to do it and not just put someone else on a pedestal that they're better than you um, each one of us is capable of the same thing so as we learn to become our own christ to carry our own light <clears throat> um, and help the others in our community and our world we change we change the world you don't have to be a ceo or own a huge company or make a million dollars to make a big change this literally is a change that happens within ourselves as we change ourselves as we become the compassionate loving entities that we know we are that you know doesn't just stay in our bodies it uh vibrates out it resonates out to our family to people we work with people in our community the churches that we go to everything i mean you know what i mean uh it doesn't matter what you want to call yourself at that point people will know it they can see it they can see the difference in a person like this as opposed to you know someone who talks about it it, it is imperative to be it to be the change you want to see in the world not to talk about it or, or ask someone else to do it or believe someone else can do it 
Each and every single one of us is as powerful as anybody who has come or anybody who will come. Taking that responsibility to be that change in the world is, you know, yours and yours alone and to become that. And then we can change the world to what we see on the right, where Mother Nature just being, um, you know, used and abused for her resources. The world's on fire. People are competing, you know, all the planes and the industries and smoke and um, all the things. And then move into a world like we see on the left here where there's plenty of animals, nature, uh, everyone's thriving, everyone has enough to eat. Um, this is the world that we really, that's here. It's here now. It actually never has left. The Garden of Eden has never left. That state of being, you know, I often tell people like, when you look at a little kid, a little kids run around naked, they don't care. They're beautiful. You know, uh, everything is fun and they're giggling. Uh, they live in the Garden of Eden state. It's not till an adult sits them down and says, hey, this is the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, uh, male and female. Um, this is how you have to act because we are in this social economic status or whatever it is. And, you know, you kick them out of the Garden of Eden when you do that. They're no longer in this beautiful world of possibilities and beauty. They're in this black and white you know, uh, duality world, uh, which is dangerous, but we can go back. We certainly can go back to being like little kids again, to enter this kingdom of heaven that is here already. It's just a, you know, a veil away. And as we know, every, every book and every culture seems to say that there will be a period where this veil gets thin. We're able to see through it. We're able to see through the lies of our governments uh, you know, politics, religions, and realize we really are all one. Bombing another country is bombing ourselves. Hurting somebody else is hurting ourselves. Taking advantage of nature is hurting other people. Um, really, it's it's to our benefit to love each other, to see the connectedness in each each one, um, and live in that beautiful Garden of Eden again. Is totally here. So. Um, that's uh, my presentation for tonight, my pictures for the school tonight. Um, thank you guys all still being here. I didn't see